0: Another episode of Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental health challenges to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Today, guys, we have two special guests with us. From we have Mark Slee and Harry Harry Dubitsky, who is Harry Dubitsky? So, first we'll just kind of introduce him and, and then we'll let you know who Mark Slee is. Harold Davitsky is the president of ACT, Incorporated, which is Advanced Coaches Training. They specialize in projects and trainings in these major areas. Addicted and low-income, high-risk, Indigenous, North Native American, mental health issues, educating and counseling, mentoring. They also have Zoom rooms and sessions worldwide in North America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Oceania, and South America. His understanding is expressed with his insights regarding the three universal principles of mind, consciousness, and thought, as uncovered by his teacher, Sidney Banks, who stated in the book, The Missing Link, all human behavior and social structures on earth are formed via mind, conscious, and thought. With that said, we're going to be introducing you to Harold Thurisky and Mark Slee. Hi, Harold how are you today <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, I'm really good thank you Cleone good to good to be here so I I'm an international three principles educator that that goes around helping people and pro- doing projects mostly uh, interestingly overseas uh, because of zoom uh, mm-hmm. type of type of thing and and uh, so people come to me and and uh, although I have never had a men- diagnosed with a mental illness scenario or ever took a psychology course, I, I, people come to me because they, wa- they want to be helped, especially in the spiritual understanding of the physical mental world, the connection between the spiritual and the mental side of life, which mm-hmm. so, uh, and I'm good at that. And uh, so the first thing that I do is I bring a good feeling in. I don't analyze the past. It's all based on a good feeling. And, and so the group just started. One guy, actually the one who didn't show up, he, he, uh, he had an ability, Chloe, Cleone, I'm sure you've seen it, to go very, very high into the spiritual realities of life. Wow. Uh, but on, on this level that we are here, diagnosed loser, 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 and loser, and all mental health issues that you're very familiar with. And we, ha- we had a moment where, where he had soared, but I could see he was giving me the energy, the reason why he was feeling good. Mm-hmm. and I, That's right against my teaching. It's not me, it's you. And if you experience a good feeling, that's coming from you, no matter what it is. If you're in Hawaii and you have a good feeling, yes, Hawaii is beautiful, but it's coming from you because you could be bummed out in Hawaii too, if you want. Right. Type of thing. So, so I, so I said to him, almost like this, I whispered in his ear, like I'm whispering in your ear, you realize how beautiful you are? And he did this for three minutes. And then a big smile came on his face and he had it. He he had never seen his own beauty. When you look at your own beauty from a different level of consciousness, your thoughts are different. Okay. The things that you're diagnosed die away Hmm. until, until you think about it. And you don't think about worry. Like worry is like this. Ah, I'm holding on to something. Oh, I won't let it go. And what's the answer? Let it go. Then you're not worried because you're thinking about something else. Right. And he, because he had that spiritual connection, he he just naturally found that feeling inside himself. You see, he was pointing towards me as the reason he was happy. He was pointing towards me because I was the one with the big titles and all that type of stuff. And he had come to me. But he didn't realize that I was getting all this energy from him when he was soaring. He was so wise and beautiful. And so from that, another member came in, same type of experience. Now we have six and we call it mental health transformations. Uh, group and the four out of the five are in England and one is from Croatia and I'm from Canada and all we do is we share on that higher that feeling level see when you have good feelings and understand where it comes from Mm -hmm. thought thought creates feeling when you understand that you stop giving away all your power and you stop listening to what everybody says. Because you know, as well as I do in mental health, there's a lot of nonsense out there. Right. And also the thing that I've noticed is, it seems to be a field that people are examining the possibility of new horizons, new ways of doing things. The old pharmaceutical approach is not working. And obviously the doctors don't know what they're talking about either. And so so people are actually wanting to be happy and content. Mm -hmm. Mark is a PhD physicist, brilliant in the mind and stuff like that, and able to um, get involved in amazing project. But of course, you add acute depression into it and acute addiction to codeine and the benzos, then you have a whole different person.
0: That's very and, true. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And he had a transformation. So he brings a, a different flavor. And before I let go, our group is amazing. We're talking all over the world now. This is you know, the, mostly at first in England, to be honest, but now we're branching out. Uh, we're, it's, the power of the group is not Harry Durbitsky it's the stories, the transformation stories. Nobody's gonna to listen to me, Cleone, nobody. But they will listen to transformational stories.
0: Oh yes, definitely.
1: Absolutely. And so with that in mind, I'm, with that small introduction, go ahead, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about your song and dance? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's,
2: it's good to say song and dance because I am very musical. Yes. um I was um I I was born into a Catholic family uh, a very loving family uh, as I had a twin sister and an elder brother elder sister uh, younger brother and y- younger sister and I guess in the family I was classified the one as as, as being the shy one I blushed a lot when I was young. And I I never did like that about myself. And I didn't understand it. But um, I guess it wasn't until I was around 14 or 15, Mm -hmm. and I was asked to talk in class uh, out of a book. And uh, I felt myself shaking and became aware of this nervousness that I had, I seemed to have. Around the age of 19, 20, 21, as I was doing my degree. I remember one examination. I crammed a lot for about a month before the exam, just getting up in the morning, working and going to sleep. And um, the, the, the exam went well, it finished. And uh, one warm one, one day I was running for a bus and I remember I got on the bus and I was out of breath. And suddenly I, th- I became aware of my breathing and I started having an anxiety attack.
0: Hmm.
2: And I didn't know what that was. That was my first anxiety attack. So, anyhow, um, uh, uh, that happened. Then I started to have anxiety attacks more frequently. And I went to see the doctor. The doctor gave me benzodiazepines. Uh, which I later became addicted to. Uh, I tried CBT as, um, uh, to get uh, uh, counselling, help me with my anxiety. Nothing seemed to work. I tried hypnosis. Um, and then I, I guess I, I went into my life into work. I eventually got a job. I was anxious at work, but I I used the benzodiazepines to keep myself calm. You know, if I had to do a presentation or anything, I I would use benzodiazepines. And at the time, the doctor was freely giving them to me. Um, So I thought I would cope through life like this on benzodiazepines. And it wasn't until I, I moved to Scotland with my job that I told my doctor I was being prescribed benzodiazepines and the doctor said, no, no, I don't do that. You know, and I said, well, you've got to because I need them. you know. And <laughs> I honestly don't know how, but at the time, because the internet didn't exist, uh, I must have found a way to get the benzodiazepines and continue with, with the use of benzodiazepines for my anxiety. Uh, uh, I suffered from phobias as well. When I was uh, on holiday in my mid-20s, I had an accident on a scooter in Greece. I hurt my back. And it's kind of like sliding doors that you think, you wish that didn't happen. But I don't worry about the past now. I only think about the future, you know, live in and then living there now. I was in a chemist, and my girlfriend said, when her father, who, who died sadly, age 47, from esophageal cancer, when he was in hospital, he took these painkillers from the chemists called soluble solpidine, which he said helped him better than morphine did. So she said, why don't you try those? So I did, and that helped my back a, a lot. Uh, uh, and. Uh, In fact, I started to take the tablets and realized that if I took two tablets on the morning, it'd give me a kind of lift. Right. And uh, because of the caffeine and the codeine in them. And then as my career progressed, I became a manager, regional manager, using the benzodiazepines and secretly taking, all the time, this was secret, nobody knew, secretly taking the soluble sulpidine. To, to an extent that I would scour the whole of Glasgow where I lived at the time to find different chemists so I could go from one chemist to another so that they wouldn't recognise, see me coming in constantly for the soluble solverine tablets. Mm. If anybody asked me what, what was that fizzy drink in my cup, I'd say, oh, it's a, it's a vitamin drink, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly didn't believe I had a problem Until, and I eventually existed like this, my blood pressure, because of the sodium content of the tablets, shot up to around about 320 over 100, over 100, 200, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, when I had my, I remember when I had my uh, medical when I was 50, they were flabbergasted. I expected the medical to to go all right, but, They told me, no, your blood pressure is, I'm surprised you're still alive. Right. So, anyhow, um, I realized after doing research in the blood pressure that it was the sodium content of the tablets that was causing the problem. So, uh, being, uh, I thought, well, I need the tablets. What is it that is giving me the lift? It's the caffeine and the cordine. By now, the internet had been invented, and I could buy cordine illegally on the internet,
1: wow.
0: which
2: I started to do. And that became my life. And, uh, using cordine tablets, I used to wait. I didn't drive with cordine because I know it makes you drowsy, but I would wait for the evening and suffer withdrawal pains through the day. And uh, I gambled as well. And I can't tell you how much I lost gambling. I lost so much. Uh, And and in fact, it was the gambling which got me into my first rehab, which was July 2019. And I was in rehab for four weeks uh, with no drugs or anything. And I got out. The first thing I did was to go buy a packet of soluble sulfidine. I still needed my cordy.
0: Yes.
2: And I was still anxious. So I I was buying benzodiazepines illegally as well. And I guess that brings us close to around about a year ago um, when uh, there's first lockdown was happening in the UK and my life became unbearable. I'd lost so much money. I was so anxious. I was suicidal. And I knew that the drugs that I was taking were not working anymore. And in order to get the same feeling, I would need to take an amount that would put my life at risk. So I didn't know what to do, who to turn to. And it was just by chance a friend, or no, my brother, had a friend who was connected to The Three Principles. Uh-huh. And I got my first session which with um, Bill Pettit.
1: He's a psychiatrist. Um, okay. Yeah.
2: And who's part of The Three Principles. And, and um, that went well. So I thought, I'll have some more of this. I read the books by Sid Banks and uh, the lectures. And I thought, wow, this makes sense to me. And then Harry kindly gave me some of his time as well. and We had a session and during that session, I I think I probably went in desperate, but came out completely different. And uh, I realized I had a realisation through the three principles. I I didn't need to be addicted. I didn't need to be addicted. I just thought I was addicted.
0: Hmm.
2: And and here I am now. I don't take any drugs. Any drugs at all. I don't have any anxiety. And if I have pain, I can take codeine, which I was once addicted to, knowing that it won't take me back to addiction because I don't believe in, I don't believe I'm an addict. I'm not an addict. And that's where, despite the very good work that um, Narcotics Anonymous do, which I was a member of at one time, um, uh, but they don't have a very good, they don't have a very good um, success rate. Three principles is, different in that way, and that people see the spiritual side and also uh, the love inside, the love that comes from the people in the three principles And also, um, if I was to take a coding tablet, or even if, I, I don't drink alcohol, but if I was to have a drink of alcohol, I would be told to sit on the naughty step, go back to step one and study that again and again and say, you know, one day at a time, you know, I have trans- transgressed by taking a drug. Well, no, you know, I can do that. I can do all those things that any not other human being can now because I am not an addict. Hmm. And I refuse to have that label against me. And I know that I will die in the same way. I've done my confidence, my my enjoyment of life and enjoyment is now, I mean, I was just sitting outside in my garden. We've got a beautiful sunny day in the, in the summer here in, in the Northeast of England. And just, you know, I'm a very spiritual man. I believe in God. I was looking around and I was thinking, oh my goodness, how can people not believe in God? You know, this beautiful world that we've got exists for a reason. Yes. You exist for a reason. You know, to and that reason for me now is to share my experience, share my love, unconditionally to anybody who wants to hear it, and I hope at some time I can get to help any person who thinks they're suffering from addiction or suffering from anxiety. Because there's no need to. They're just it's just thoughts. That's all it is. And that has been my journey. And I'm a 58-year-old mom,
0: single wow. mom. Wow. Amazing, amazing. So maybe you can um so one of my next questions is actually um what I kind of know the answer. What did you have to do to overcome to bounce back from your lowest points? So I want maybe you can talk to me more about the three principles and how how that affected helped you to turn your life around from the lows of being addicted and you know having having the addiction to to now being in a place of stability. What did you have to do
1: specifically? Cleona. Uh, yes, for a sec, Mark. Uh, Mark, Mark will answer your question, but I just want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. that Mark, we talked at the suffix User Mental Health Group in in Suffolk, England, and mm-hmm. Mark talked about uh, uh, oneness and, and 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 some beautiful. But he told a story that I think will help pre preempt that question that you have. He he told a story about a rats. These bunch of rats were thrown in a beaker in water.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they were swimming around and they could swim for about an hour and then about an hour they started to sink and they got pulled out and then they rested you know and maybe next day they put them back in the water how many more how much longer did they last the second time the rats the rats you won't be able to answer it i'm going to answer it for you. you 60 times 60 hours versus one hour when you don't have that stress sorry
2: it was actually 10 minutes
1: oh
2: yeah what is it sorry the first first attempt it was 10 minutes
1: oh oh not an hour okay 10 minutes and then six 60 okay thank you mark besides okay. you know I'm not a scientist so of course I have a little embe- embellishment to the story <laughs> <laughs> you know but but what I'm trying to emphasize when Mark talks is when you have, when you know you're going to be saved, when you're relieved of those worries and, and just trying to survive, mm-hmm. it's totally different the relaxed feeling you have, the ability to, to think clearly, the ability to survive 60 times longer because there's no stress. You see what people are doing with themselves negatively? Every time you have that negative, I can't survive, I'm really worried, I've got all this tension, Mm -hmm. you're cutting your life down.
0: That's true. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I just want, that's a Mark story, not a Harry story. And thank (laughs) you for correcting me, Mark. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll remember to tell it better next time. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's so awesome. Go ahead, Mark. Can you answer her question? Yeah, so really it's it's I would say it's difficult to describe in words because uh, the, it's it's more of a feeling in that. i I'd, I'd had plenty of counseling in the past, I can tell you, hours and hours. And this with the three principles was unlike anything else. It wasn't a case of analysing my past, trying to change me in any way, trying to do this, trying to do that, using any sort of smart techniques. It was just words that made sense, that, that came into my heart and a loving feeling that I got from the person who was talking to me. And, and I knew it was genuine. And mm-hmm. that warmth, that love, is the thing that lifted me spiritually. It was a real spiritual like experience. Lifted me spiritually. And made me realize that I'd been killing myself all this time. Mm-hmm. That I was an anxious, anxious addict. And I wasn't, you know, I just... I, you know, I might have been after one session with Harry and I, I went out and I thought, my God, I don't even feel the, the, um, the feelings of addiction anymore. They're gone. Yeah. You know, I'm at one with nature. I am part of nature. I'm part of that love, which is ultimately God, which we all are part of and we all are part of each other.
0: So the counseling that you guys have was a big part of your, um, your turnaround process for you. I don't
2: call it counseling even. I, I, well, counseling, we, we talked. Yeah, you know, that's what you get. We play, and we play. We play, yeah, play. And, and, but you get love, you know, you get respect and you get honesty, integrity, and a feeling. A feeling like no other feeling that I've ever had in Mm
1: counseling. Interesting. So, So, go on. So, it's people come say to come to me, they always have only one problem, no matter what the circumstances.
0: Okay. They're
1: they're overthinking in their head. And they want to know how to control those thoughts. That's mm-hmm. every person, one hundred percent, one hundred. Now I know how to do that to help people with that. Relax. Tell oh, you, you know, uh, Cleone. Bad jokes have a wonderful med- medicinal effect on people, and I have a lot of bad jokes. <laughs> so, so it lifts. As soon as the feelings lift, that's the healing. I call it the us energy. You know when you go to church, right? People arrive all in separate realities. Then mm-hmm. they all of a sudden they start singing. Mm-hmm. And so, and then after a while they're really singing. Right. That's that's the counseling. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And when you have those good feelings, you you touch more than your soul touches. God that's just that love that Mark is expounding to. It's mm-hmm. the love that heals, not the words. I know what's in here, Cleone, it's not mm-hmm. that great. It's not that great honest. <laughs> not, nothing special but that us energy and that heal. See, Mark was ready and we just went there together okay and and he lifts me he lifts me right 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 yeah just like when you smile to somebody who's on the street and they they respond to your smile it lifts you Mm -hmm. you can't help but be touched when a baby looks you in the eyes and smiles It lifts you. Mark's a baby. Harry's a baby. Oh, Cleote's a baby. (laughs) Interesting,
0: interesting. So um, I'm trying to understand. I guess maybe I'll just go to my next question. So what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point that you didn't have available then?
2: Three things I wish I had available.
0: When you were at your lowest
2: Uh, The... Ah. It's a difficult one. Mm. I wish I'd had company. Yeah? Mm. I I was alone. So I was suffering alone. I wish I'd had... I, I wish I'd known about the three principles and had knowledge of the three principles because that certainly would have helped. And I wish I'd had love. I had love with my family, but I didn't have love from any other person. So I'm a single man. So I didn't have, I don't have a, a wife and I don't have children. Um, that's been my life, but I was missing love.
0: Okay. So maybe you can tell me, Harry, maybe you can go into the three principles or maybe just a brief... Um, synopsis of you know when someone comes to you um, with their issues um,
1: how does the three principles work well first of all there are three spiritual principles of psychology okay so there are spiritual psychology because you can hear the spiritual side but you also hear the psychological answers that people need to have so the psychological side, is that what you think that's creating from it? And the spiritual side is it's is exact. So you use the word in, in your faith, God, mm-hmm. or, or Christ consciousness or something like that. Jesus Christ. In, in the psychological wor- world, the same thing for, for God is mind, universal mind, not personal mind. We're not talking mm-hmm. about how we're all different thinking up here right and, and then within within the universal god or universal mind so i come i have taught a lot of indigenous people so i use the word spirit cuz that's what i'm comfortable with but we're talking about the three principles so we will call it universal mind and then within within every human being connected to that we we have innate health we're never broken we're always always perfectly designed, unlimited potential, except we obviously cover it up with what Mark was talking about, cover up. But the reality is, the reality is that he he was never broken. And he knew it somewhere deep inside himself. That's why people have so much frustration, because they know they deserve to be freer than what the present state of the world is providing they know that they know they're not what they have become you know nobody goes through drugs without having a side effect nobody and uh, and the same thing with drinking and so on nobody can go through that. so you have this innate wisdom within yourself which is in a way like soul but soul in in our Language is consciousness. Universal consciousness on an individual level is soul. And consciousness is just an awareness. I'm aware that it's a spiritual world. And I'm aware that it's a world of thought. I'm aware, it's a, I, I'm aware that it's a spiritual world. That's, just, that's the formless. I'm aware that it's a world of thought, formless into form. Mm-hmm. and thought is the, is the vehicle the neutral vehicle that connects the spiritual and the psychological world together not personal thought universal thought okay and you say to me well i don't know what universal thought is well i don't know what it is either but i can feel it i can feel it See, you have feelings what are feelings indicating to you going in the Right direction with God. I'm plugged in. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to rock and roll. And I'm unplugged in. And God said, You want to kick in the bum? You want to? A... I'm busy right now, God. Here, bend down. Oh, got really hurt. Gee, what? <laughs> uh, you listening now? Uh, no, I'm busy right now still. I'm still. Oh, bend down again. Boom. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. See, thought. Is the vehicle that creates. You you put in with your free will to think whatever you want, whatever you want into the neutral energy of thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have God thought though, not not Cleody thought. Right. We know about that one. You've been an expert listening to that bullshit. She was oh, sorry. She was an yeah, expert. yeah, yeah. So so what we find what we find is. Is that by our understanding of the principles, we don't understand them verbally but intuitively? It's the same way in God. What the heck is God? You either you, you feel it inside yourself or you don't. You know, that's the way it is. And can you explain it to anyone? No, not really. Yeah. Is God there? Yeah, that's that. So the reality of the how this, this world operates. So what I teach people is the right use of mind. Hmm. You have to understand these three principles are operating through you, whether you're aware of it or not. But since they are, see, if they were bogus, if you test them out and they don't work, you leave them alone. But if they actually work, you might as well be more and more aware of it. That's all that happened to Mark. He became more aware of who he is. Mm -hmm. And when he saw it, he said, ah, that's the past, baby. I don't have to go there. The past brings your personality until you realize you don't have to follow it. You can uplift, get a better feeling, and all of a sudden your world looks totally different. Mm -hmm. And... If you want to talk about the past again it will bring you down hmm okay
0: well i know some people say talking with the past is you know it's helpful like um well sometimes it's helpful
1: yeah but mostly not <laughs> i see i see
0: okay that makes sense so my next question is <laughs>
1: A, a little question mark on that one. <laughs> yeah, question mark. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: So my next question is, so to wrap this up, so what words of hope can you give to our listeners, people who are going through um, anxiety attacks, mental health challenges, what would you tell them to encourage them with um, their mental health challenge? I, I, I can I'll get the answer from both of you.
2: Well, I, I, would, I would just tell them that they are not alone. They are not unique. And this will not last. last. It will pass. It does pass. I'm living proof of that. Mm-hmm. It could have passed for me if the three principles had been around when I was in my teens, but I didn't have it then. It will pass. You are healthy. You are beautiful. And if you can find within yourself the tranquility that you seek. Without a doubt. And um, yeah, and you, you can look to the three principles if you want to try that.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, you can help, help that way. And, but it helped me. But it does pass. And, and I am a, a living example of that.
1: Okay, cool. And that's the proof, by the way. Like, it's one thing to give an opinion. Like, if I said it, it would just be a that's story me. about Mark. But it wouldn't be what I experienced. But Mark's talking about what he experienced. Nobody can yeah. take that away from him. Nobody. Nope. And I'd like to, uh, to from, this is my fourth book, Evolution of Addiction Recovery Reopened. Okay. Yeah, And uh, it's a beautiful book. If I, might, if I don't say so myself, and I wanna read, this is the first page. An indigenous client who was resident in a Canadian mental health facility operated under the governance of BC mental health and addiction services had been troubled for many days. And then one day the clouds cleared and she wrote, listen to this, can you hear the silence? You must listen closely now. If you listen, you can hear it. It is a peaceful, quiet sound. I love to live, listen to the silence. It's so nice when it's around. Can you hear the silence? That's wisdom.
0: Wow, that's powerful.
1: And she was in a mental health facility mm-hmm. in, 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 in Vancouver, big one. And
0: okay.
1: Yeah, and she had the answer. The indigenous have a test. Your test is in wit. you're wise, your wisdom, if you can live with your own company. True. And can you hear the silence? You can't possibly live with your own self when you can't hear the silence. All you hear is the noise, and it takes you away from that sublime, deep, profound, soft feeling that heals. Hmm. All you have to do is go towards the silence. the silence. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say it, but Jesus Christ said the same thing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, just listen for the silence. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. Very introspective. Very introspective. Love it. So my next question. So we're going to actually switch the interview up a little bit and we're going to um, where I want to ask you, as you notice behind me, there is a book. It says "The Music of My Life." Basically, it's a book about my journey with with um, bipolar and music therapy. So, my question to you is: If you were to think of a song that describes your journey, what would it be, and why?
2: Yeah, I I would say. Um... I, songs that resonate with me, gosh, I'm a classical musician, but I also love pop and rock. (laughs) Uh, And I always like the Beatles. So, The Long and Winding Road, I always think of. uh, I play that a lot. And um, I would say that because it's describing a journey, your life is a journey, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it leads to love. As well, but one one song that I, I've also been listening to a lot lately is that younger people will not be familiar with, which is from the the man from Manchester. To dream the impossible dream, to fight the undefeatable, un, un, undefeatable four. That song. This is my quest to follow that star. You know, we can. You can do the impossible. And that's what that song is telling you. Mm. So those two combine, I, I would say.
0: Cool, cool. Harry? You,
2: I'm not saying you can do the impossible. I I, I believe you can do what you and be what you thought was impossible to be. You can be that. And I can tell you that because I am that
0: now.
1: Amazing, amazing. Love it. Okay, well, my favorite song is by, uh, you never heard of this guy, uh, but. What a beautiful
0: world.
1: Yeah, yeah. such a world. Yeah, yeah. I know you didn't hear, ever hear of him, so yeah, yeah. I love Louis Armstrong. And- Louis
0: Armstrong. Yes, yes. I know Louis
1: Armstrong is. you want to hear an interesting story? This Louis Armstrong was born in New Orleans, and his mother was a prostitute, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so he started playing on the streets around seven years old, and a Jewish family saw him and hired him to work and then they t- took him in to live and he learned he he knows ye, uh, Hebrew and Yiddish and he has the star of david on him and stuff mm-hmm. and he incorporated that feeling into his music not all his music but but a lot of his music and he uh, he says what he learned from all of that has made. and, and that's that's to me who we are he's not just a guy, a, a little kid and not just black, he's, he's whatever he experiences in life. Mm-hmm. And it changes him. Yeah. When, I, when, I went, when I was a hippie hitchhiking around, I, I know you can see easily how I was a hippie, uh, <laughs> a big hippie. Uh, I lived in Denmark and it, I, it changed me totally. I came back here and I said, oh, what a bunch of dumb people here. They They don't talk about anything. So, but it had changed me. That's what happened to Mark. He, he didn't become a different person. He just he saw something that what a beautiful world, you know, what a beautiful oh, really? life, you know, and uh, that's the real. And uh, honestly, Cleone, that's my story too. It's not as dramatic as Mark's, but it's the same. <laughs> same thing i am living far beyond my dreams i had dreams but i've lived far beyond them and that has really impressed me and cleone it didn't start till i was 69 years old wow isn't that amazing yes that well, alone is that is an amazing it didn't happen until i was 69 wow
0: It's crazy how you know. I mean, the older you get, you know, the wiser you get, and the more experiences you get, the more introspective you can become. You know, because life just
1: does that for you, which is amazing. Actually, a lot of people when they get older get stupider, but you, (laughs) on the other hand, are becoming more introspective. That is correct. Right. You are, and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's the right (laughs) direction. Awesome.
0: So how can we stay in
1: touch with you all? Uh, What are your social media handles? Uh, Well, my website is ACTtraining.biz. And on it, there's a button called uh, uh, Mental Health Transformations. You click on it, and and then there's a subset of the mental health transformations. But I deal in a lot of worlds, more than anybody you've ever met, (laughs) and very diverse. And uh, I, I'm the type of guy that just goes, you know, he doesn't, as long as I don't think I'm, I'm in good, good hands. Awesome. Awesome. So, so it's training biz. Yeah, act Training Biz. Training.biz. And within it, there's uh, lots of, of videos and on podcasts and, uh, and in a lot of different areas, including addiction, alcoholism, and the three principles, very successful in a year I've in the podcast we've we've had twenty four three thousand down downloads. Amazing. Yeah. Where are they coming from? Beats me, but anyway, and uh I'm also have podcasts in Tahi, Spiritual Unity of the Three Principles in the Muslim community. Perfect, yes. perfect combination, a 27-year-old Muslim from Morocco and a 74-year-old Jew together. Couldn't be better. Those two groups get along That's so easy. Well. yeah, it's a it's a proof that the, the cultural differences are not the, the dominating force that people are making them into. Mm-hmm. And, type of thing. And and it's the same thing. I just to you know, I, I want to tell this one story. It's so cool. I, I went to a conference and, and we it was a very fancy hotel, but uh, I had to share it, but it was like two houses in one suite or something. It was in, And and I met this guy and we just hit it off. And we talked nonstop for a day and a half. And then one day, one second, I looked at it, I said, oh my God, you're black. <laughs> well, of course I'm black. I said, but, but I had been so engrossed in, in who he is and what he was sharing that it, it, I hadn't bothered to look. So if, if that can happen, obviously, Inside, we connect in, yes. a, in a different way than we connect on the when we look at status and color, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. Women, men, you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that is bullshit. Oh, I'll it again. Yeah, you know, Mark, you'll have to. Clean me up a little. I have to sound a little more English, you know. <laughs> but isn't Mark's story amazing? Yes,
0: it's a great story. I'm really glad that you, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show and sharing um, the principles and also your journey with us. It's. I'm sure that someone is going to be inspired by your story, you know, knowing that it's possible to overcome despite um. What addictions you may have, or you're it's able to you're able to overcome. So that's what's encouraging. So with well, that,
2: been in on it clearly. Honestly, if anybody gets anything from this, um, I'll be thrilled. What's been my honor on this podcast?
0: Awesome, awesome. So with that said, we are going to come to a conclusion, and and to all you resilient minds out there. Until next time. Please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also, join the community of Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at cleonycrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Mark's, Mark's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at only Cleone or Resilient Minds 365. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Oh,